All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you see Did you know Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation presented by the great folks over there at Zephyr Epic across Canada from Yellowknife to Whistler all the way over to Labrador. 
Wherever you need hockey cards, Zephyr Epic is the place for that. Use our promo code Hockey Season Capital H Capital S, all one word, on their website. That'll get you five dollars off and free shipping. Like I mentioned, throughout Canada, even if you're in Calgary, listening to this show, where we have a lot of listeners for some reason, which I have been explained. A lot of people from Vancouver they moved to Calgary. Yep. Free shipping all of Canada, Zephyr Epic, and we're also delivered by DoorDash. Use promo code Convo DD Capital C Capital D Capital D Convo DD. That'll get you 25% off your first order as well as free shipping. Free delivery. They don't ship the order. They, the they technically they do. No, they don't. Technically, they're shipping to stuff be to shipping you. it. They'd have to like package it. They package put a the mailing. Food. They don't put a mailing address on really? it. Really? We'll check your next receipt next time you get it from them. It's got your name on it. It's got where it's going. All right. DoorDash does it, right? My point is they don't put it in the postal system. Well, it doesn't need to be in the postal system to get shipped to you. I think it does. I think I think to be classified a shipment, if you're shipping something, if you if you qualify for free shipping, it has to get mailed to you. Really? Because ships take shipments all the time. I don't see any addresses on there. On those big uh, containers. That uh, sorry, what? Ships. Well, yeah. they have those big containers. Well, they know where those containers are going. Well, people know where their DoorDash orders are going, and they bring it right to your door. You know what? I, I can't even argue with this logic. It's airtight. Other question. This happened today on 6.50 while I was producing the morning show. Taco Tuesday, right? Okay. You have Tuesdays. You have your tacos. I disagreed with pretty much every single host at 6.50 today on this. Except for Scott Rintel. I mean, Scotty, we're good on this one. You come in to Taco Tuesday. Is it acceptable to have a taco salad on Taco Tuesday? Is Are you still having a Taco Tuesday if you have a taco salad? I get Scotty had the salad, right? Scotty seems like me and Scotty were agreeing on the salad. I think I think you listen, can because taco salad it's not a salad, man. It's full of beef and cheese. It's and the sour only cream. salad I eat, which should that's tell what you I'm something. saying. It's better, like it's well, it's worse for you than a Caesar salad, and that's normally like the go-to, pretty simple, you know, salad that a lot of people like you who don't like salads they like. But uh, I I think taco salad's the way to go. A little Catalina, a little sour cream. Even you might want to chop up some tomatoes or onions. Not a fan for me. I'd like just a lot of ground beef and cheese and. And stuff, and you can even put it in like a taco bowl if you want to get fancy with it. Yeah, but you crush up some Doritos or the Aruba chips, Ooh. or somebody texted and said, "Do it with Cool Ranch." You put some Cool Ranch Doritos in there. Ooh, very never good. Even thought of that. I like the sweet chili heat. Those are my favorite Doritos. That would be good in the taco salad as well. Yeah. Hey, but we got a lot of hockey talk to get to, but uh, I want to do some non-hockey talk off the back because I had a good weekend. I had a really fun weekend. Really? I want to get into that a little bit uh, here before we get into it, but. Stefan Roger, writer for Canucks Army, your favorite writer, of course. Mm-hmm. He joined us uh, today. We already just wrapped up that conversation. We'll get to that first. That'll be the first interview. Then following him up, Rick Dollywall from Donnie and Dolly to talk about Taylor Jeans for 30 minutes on the show. So excited for that conversation. We already wrapped up with Stefan, had a good chat uh, about a couple things that kind of the, the burning questions going into training camp. I think it's fun to hear different people's opinions on it. So good little conversation there. But... Let me start with my weekend quads. I had a great weekend. Started off with the BC Lions game, my first ever Lions game on Saturday there, and they blew them out. I had a bunch of drinks at the pint, had a great day, uh, and it was just my first kind of first Lions experience. They won like 45 to 13 or something. It was a heck of a game. Nice to get back in a sporting event uh, and just take in a game. And uh, it was right before this, uh, before the vaccine passports came into play. So I don't know how many people were like the unvaxxed people were getting their last chance to go out into the into a crowd because now they can't do it with the vaccine passports coming in. Yeah, I've I've never been to a Lions game, or uh, you know what? I went to one Whitecaps game. I would not want to go to a Lions game though. Like you know, I'm not really a football guy. I was even thinking about tweeting during the weekend because man, my Twitter feed was just nothing but 
people reacting to football. So I don't know what they're talking about. Mm. Like, how is that a flag? And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So I was going to tweet out. I'm like, people, can you please put the words NFL or football in your tweets? Because I have those muted. So I don't see those tweets, which oh, is right. great. Um, your Twitter is so strange. All the mutes, all the blocks, the everything. Mutes, the you blocks. You just like, there's like it's a one, great experience. Except tweet when people tweet about hours. football and don't use the word football. But then I thought about it. Stupid. I when I when I tweet about the Canucks, I don't use the word hockey or NHL in my tweets. Yeah, so that's true. A little different. Yeah. Or even when you do like tweet about the Blue Jays, you don't write Blue Jays or baseball. Yeah. No, I don't put a subject heading no, in my that's tweets. People. Yeah. It, man, Blue Jays were a lot of fun on the weekend too. I worked that game where they put up twenty two runs. When we're working at six fifty, we're supposed to throw up a tweet every time they hit a home run. <laughs> like <laughs> like I can't keep up with this right now. This is crazy. Uh, but I went to the pint before. It felt good to just go out and have wings and beer, which is something you've never experienced in your life. It's it's a great feeling. Wings and beer, delicious. And then at one point, I'm at the game, and my girlfriend puts her phone in one of these charging stations, like these locking charging stations, you know, mm-hmm. where you lock it in there, you, you punch in a pin, and you're all good. So she's like, can you go grab my phone? Because I was going to get some more drinks or some, some food or something. She's like, can you go grab my phone? I'm like, sure. She tells me the number, whatever. And like, okay. She's like, I'll write it in your phone. Because she doesn't have her phone, so she can't text me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I'll remember. I'll totally remember it. I'll 100% remember it. <laughs> I don't you know, know where this and, is going. Yeah, you absolutely know where this is going. So I go over to the thing to get her phone out. I punch in the number that I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not the correct number. So it's like invalid. So I was like, hmm. Oh, maybe I mixed up a couple numbers. So I tried again. And then I'm like, oh, that one didn't work either. And it was like final try, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust myself. I'm gonna go back to the first thing that I thought. So I punched that same number in that I did the first <laughs> time again, and it's like locked. Please see attendant. <laughs> I was like, oh man. So then I'm like standing there, and I have to go walk around the. I had to walk all the way around the complete other side of BC Place to get to customer service. Then walk back with this guy to unlock it, and then he's like, he's like, mm. he's like, do you know the password to unlock the phone? We can't give it back to you if you don't know the password. I'm like. No. So then I like walk down to the seats where my girlfriend's at. I'm like, hey, I've been gone for like 45 minutes at this point. And then I'm like, hey, uh, I don't have your phone. She obviously like knew exactly what happened at that point. And I was like, you need to go to the to the thing and unlock it for the guy. He doesn't like you won't give me the phone because I can't unlock it. She's like, it's the same number I told you that you went with. I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't. I obviously forgot that on the way there. So, like, I couldn't do any oh of this. Oh, my gosh. Just an absolute fiasco. Ended up putting on, like, 14,000 steps that day. I checked the phone. I was walk- I did a full lap of BC Place for no reason. But ran into young Judd and his dad. Nice. Uh, met up with them at halftime there and saw saw YJ and his dad there. They were all lined up. Big fans of the Lions. Nice to chat with them. Chat a little... Uh, Canucks hockey also saw Scott Rintoul there as well as I mentioned earlier. Uh, me and him in the taco salad agreement, so it was good. It was all good, and then I went to the Richmond Night Market on uh, Sunday night. Had a couple different skewers, had some cool drinks. Uh, you know, just not even like alcoholic drinks, just like cool drinks that were like bubbling. Had all these like light up ice cubes in them, and then just some quality food. Had the the potato tornadoes, you know those? Yeah, I've seen those. Have you ever had? Probably I've, I've had never them. been to the night market, but I've had a potato tornado from like the peony. They have them. They're as well. good. I liked them a lot. Mm. Like very crispy all around. I think that was by far the best thing I had there. Mm. There's some so, other stuff that was like pretty expensive. I didn't want to get. There was this one thing. It was like a pineapple that was like hollowed out and then stuffed with all this meat, and it was like pineapple flavored meat inside of a pineapple. And they ooh, gave you like half a pineapple. I would not like that. I would. I like pineapple flavored stuff. So huh. it was uh, it was an all all around really good weekend because. School just hit, and now I'm getting. Oh, I got no time to do anything. I've been waking up at six in the morning. I've been working till midnight at least, 
and the days are already it's already killing me everything came really fast as soon as school started that's tough yeah i uh i don't envy you man i'm 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 rooting for you though like on the sidelines i'm I'm rooting for you i'm pulling for you to make good here with your school year yeah i'll have a breakdown here pretty soon (laughs) the other day i was driving home and i was like i'm not sure if i'm just tired like but i'm like hysterically laughing like in the car as i'm driving (laughs) home i'm like I am like really overworked right now. I was like, oh man. And then I was just thinking about it and I was like laughing and I was like, my, then I was like, am I about to start like crying? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what's happening? I was like, and then in my head, I was oh, like, hey, you, like you need to just relax for like a little bit. And uh, yeah, so. And then I messaged you, I'm like, I need this article by four yeah, o'clock. And then you're like, I need 1,500 words. Like, Stat. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think I wrote the mailbag in like 15 minutes the That's other okay. day. It was super it's fast. It's all good. I appreciate your work. We, yeah, it's been good. But We've it's, got some uh, good stuff at Canucks Army right now. Yeah, we, we have do. Hockey Norm. Uh, so someone someone messaged me and was like, be honest, are you hockey norm? Cause it's a, it's a person. I know who the person is, but they've asked that their identity to be kept secret, which is fine. Um, so they, someone, someone was like, be honest, are you hockey norm? Cause the, the article was about, uh, you know, what Jim Benning inherited on the defense core and then what it's become and what, you know, it's kind of like a trade tree of all the defensemen that Jim Benning inherited. And, you know, I I don't need to tell you it ain't pretty. Like what they have now isn't great uh, compared to what they had then. Um, you don't need me to tell you that. But anyways, someone was like, "Oh, is this going to be like your burner profile for when you have like mm. negative takes?" And I was like, "No. Like, why would I do that? That would make no sense because then my bosses would be like." Why aren't you writing? Like you're not doing articles. You, everybody else is doing them, and you're not actually writing. That's how you get fired. So no, I am not hockey norm. Fair enough. A lot of land. Canucks Army is going to be a lot of fun over the next little bit here. And it is. We're going to get into it a little bit more later on the episode. But I think we had a lot of Canucks talk, and I kind of just want to dive right into it. And then we'll kind of do two interviews and then wrap up with more Canucks talk. Yeah. We've got a lot of content here. Uh, so why don't we start with our first conversation here with Stefan Roger. Uh, and I think we'll just go right into the interview. Then we'll take a quick ad break and then we'll come back with Rick Dollywall. Then we'll close out with a poll question and talk about, it's going to be a fun prospects report this rookie week because we've got rookie camp uh, coming up on Friday. Both quads and I will be in attendance. We're going to tell Rick what kind of pants we're going to be wearing at rookie camp and see if he approves. So first let's get to uh, our interview here with Stefan Roger from Canucks army. All right, guys, very pleased to be joined now by my favorite writer at Canucks Army, Stefan Roguet. How's it going, Stefan? Uh, it's going uh, fantastic now, uh, especially after that introduction. That is uh, easily the nicest introduction I've ever got. So uh, thank you for that. And thank you for confirming for everyone uh, <laughs> once and for all. He's just staring at me while he does it, too, just so you know, like dead eye contact. He's staring right into my eyes while he's saying that. I uh, I was going to ask like was Faber out of the room when you booked me or like <laughs> oh, no. is, this, is this a surprise? Who do you think was coming on? Well, Faber booked Dollywall. He, I think Faber in the back of his mind was hoping to drown you out. He didn't he didn't want you to be the only person on this show because you know he is bitter. really bitter. He is really bitter that uh, you're my favorite writer on the team. So you know that, that doesn't sit well. Sabotage. Yeah, exactly. Wow, I'm not even my own favorite writer. So that is, uh, that's really kind of you. Thank you. All right. First question. What's the best thing to mix with crown Royal? Um, uh, it's a very boring answer, but I'm just going to say Coke. Fair enough. I'm a ginger ale guy myself. I do like the crown apple and then ginger ale kind of, you know, help with the heartburn. I feel like a little bit, make you feel good in the morning. A little ginger ale. I mix it in. 
That's that's pretty good. My uh, my best buddy Steve uh, is exclusively Crown Apple, so it's like always around, you know. And I always end up having it, but I, I you know, because of that, I don't ever you know pick it myself. Mm. So it's uh, we've we've got an odd relationship, you could say. One of the most dangerous drinks on the market, I'd have to say, for how easy it is to go down. Yeah, I uh, I hear you. I relate to that <laughs> comment very well. Yeah, Young Quads is just learning the ropes of the crown right now. Yeah, so. I uh, I had Crown Apple. That was the drink that I had when I went to a cabin with my friends. Faber hooked me up with that, and then I had that with Sprite. And then, I didn't even tell you this, Chris. Last week, I'm at a bar. Shout out to Andrew L. Follows us on Twitter. Listener of the show. I'm sitting at a bar with my friend, or we went to like a pub after we golfed. And uh, I get a message on Twitter. He's like, hey, is this you at the pub? I was like, yeah. He goes, all right, I'm sending you picklebacks. So I had a pickleback for the first time. And it was disgusting. But uh, I think in terms of shots, like I could do more than one of those, you know? But I, I fell asleep as soon as I got home. Wow. Yeah. You, you, you see, the thing with those is like, it's like anything where someone says like, uh, you know, like they sell you on it by saying it's not that bad. <laughs> and then you're like, that's so it's bad is what you're, uh, that's what you're actually saying. <laughs> hey, you know what? We can go from those kind of shots to the shots on the ice because we're about to get to training camp here. Uh, Stefan, wow. got you on here to to chat about obviously the Vancouver Canucks. We'll we'll spend some more time on Crown maybe later in the conversation. But a lot of storylines going into camp. What's the one that maybe you're kind of excited for? That's maybe not on like the front burner. Give me a back burner story that you're kind of excited about to see at this training camp and, and kind of see how it plays out here. Uh, okay. Um, so I think like the big obvious one is, is definitely on the blue line. But I'm uh, I'm more interested in up front. Um, there's that, uh, that 12 forward spot, like, which is actually, I guess, two right now. Cause Mott may not be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really curious to see who that final, uh, person is on the, uh, forward court. Cause it could go in so many different directions. As, as for some of your favorites coming out of here, let's, let's, you know, let's get two spots open. Like, let's say that Mott isn't good to go. Um, you mm-hmm. have some options, whether it be those guys that are kind of AHL tweeners that were kind of signed right now. Uh, some guys may be impressing camp like a Di Giuseppe, but it feels like Highmore is kind of the front runner going into this. Do you have an agreement with that or are you kind of thinking some other names? Like, let, We'll give you two wingers to kind of play on Brandon Sutter's side. Who are you going with out of camp? Uh, I, see, I would agree that Highmore is is kind of the front runner, but uh, that was just off a hot, you know, however many 20 game stretch last year. And, you know, lots of guys have hot. 20 game stretches. Um, I think it's wide open, uh, to be honest. I, I personally, uh, you know, I'm a fan of kind of the more old school game sometimes. So, uh, I'm a huge fan of Zach McEwen. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jonah Gadjevich. Uh, looking around the division this year, uh, I would feel pretty uncomfortable going into the season without at least one of them riding shotgun. Um, you know, like look at Calgary right now. Like they just got, like they're not going to be good. Um, but they have like a preponderance of, of goons, right? So like, I think you want at least one of those guys for sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind, I mean, I'd take both, but, uh, I think you probably see someone with a, a little more skill on the other side. Uh, maybe Highmore, maybe Di Giuseppe. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Justin Bailey. So, uh, I would be rooting for him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's going to be wide open, which is kind of the exciting bit. Now, another battle that's going to be at training camp is for that third pairing lefty spot. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this because if I recall correctly, I never butt mm-hmm. heads with you about it because, again, favorite writer, but you're a bit of an Ollie Olevi truther. Am I wrong about that? You are now. 
Okay. This is I don't I don't believe we've ever this is good. I don't believe we've ever talked about this. No, I don't this I think is, we've avoided uh, it. Really? Okay. You don't wanna you don't wanna like irk your favorite writer. Exactly. I, I respect that. <laughs> so uh um so long story short, I uh you know it's I think it's kinda like the dog days uh of summer kind of thing or and uh, I was looking for a story idea and like I it was it was really bothering me that folks were like uh, going on and on about, well, you got to trade one of Quentin Hughes or Jack Rathbone because like, you can't have two guys who are good on the <laughs> same blue line, which, you know, dumbest stuff in the world. Um, but uh, so I was like, I, I wanted to do a thing where it's like, that's fine. It's totally fine to have them. And then it ended up being like I pitched it as it's totally fine to have a, a left side of Hughes, Rathbone and Joe Levy. Um, and then you gave me, yeah, probably the first critical feedback I've ever got from you <laughs> other than the, the M dash thing, which, uh, you know, I'm working on. You got it. You uh, got it now. I'm getting there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, you kind of let me know like, Hey, you know, like, uh, you, you can write this, but like Joe Levy's kind of broken basically <laughs> is what you said. He's got like, he can't, he's got Zoolanderitis. He can't turn. Um, and I'd like, you know, obviously you'd heard about that and stuff and you'd seen him get blown by a couple of times. But, uh, so I wrote the article anyway, you know, like I honestly think I pitched it to you after I wrote it. That's okay. So I like had, you know, I had to stick with it. But then for the rest of the season, I started like looking for it. And uh, you've definitely ruined this player for me because it's like so obvious now. Yeah. And it's like, it's a cannot unsee thing. And like, even, you know, I have friends that are like, oh, why are you so down on your living? I'm like, watch this. And then they're like, oh yeah, no, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm out here trying to educate the masses that this player can't pivot. I'm really hoping though, like, sorry, the question that I was actually asking you was who do you think is going to win that third pairing spot? Like, do you give it to Rathbone? Cause for me personally, like, yeah, I think it's Rathbone's right now, but I also think there's an outside chance. Like nobody's seen Oli Levy skate for a while now. Like, you know, I know the injuries are what caused that, but you know, I, there's some part of me that has some hope that, that knee is better and he can actually skate now because he's not that far away from being an NHL defenseman. It's just the skating is so important and it's just not there with him. So I guess my question to you is who's your favorite for that third pairing spot? I mean, my favorite is Rathbone for sure. Like, uh, like you said, like, uh, it feels so mean talking about Joe Levy cause it's like not his fault. Like it's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a brutal thing where he had a deficiency in his game and then he got injuries in that, like, specific way that would make that deficiency worse. Like it's like absolute worst case scenario for a dude, nightmare stuff. Um, but like we're living in 2021. Um, there's all sorts of cool medical stuff that can be done. Um, like Connor McDavid got like all weirdly reconstructed collarbones and stuff. Like it's, uh, there's some magic out there. So maybe there's someone or something that can make Joe Levy turn. And if they can, like, you know, he probably gets the spot, but I haven't heard any, reporting mm-hmm. on any miracle treatments or anything so i'm pessimistic uh i think uh the guy who not enough ever uh people talk about is, is brad hunt for sure mm. i i wish i could credit it but someone uh tweeted like uh brad hunt hasn't sniffed the ahl in like six years he's not going to abbotsford and uh that kind of resonated with me so i think he's uh i think he's got more of a shot than people think mm. and that's that's an interesting way to kind of look at the situation of like if Brad Hunt's the seventh guy or even the sixth guy, right? Like if he could win the spot over a Rathbone or Yolevi, if Brad Hunt's the seven, 
you could have Yolevi or Rathbone in the AHL playing top pairing minutes in the AHL and two players at, I think, very different parts of development, but at a similar age between Yolevi and Rathbone. Who do you think would benefit mm-hmm. the most from getting a lot of minutes in the AHL when it comes to developing into an NHL player of those two? Uh, probably Rathbone. Um, just because, I mean, like, AHL is not going to make Yolevi better at turning, right? Like, again, it sounds so mean, but right. uh, it's, uh, it's true. Uh, whereas Rathbone, like he only has nine, is it eight games uh, in the AHL under his belt? So I mean, there's still more to learn for him for sure. I think with him though, like uh, every time he's stepped up a level, he's just excelled so quickly. Um, and now he's got a little taste of the NHL and a whole summer and a training camp. Like I, I honestly think the guy's going to come in and just crush it. Yeah, I'm excited to see him just just at camp because I mean he was standing out at camp last year. Right. Like I'm, ex- I'm real excited oh, to see yeah. what you can do in another year this year. Cause he's one of those guys that, you know, similar to what Huglander did last year, he's the type of player who excels in camp. Like his, his skills match the open ice that you have at training camp. So a lot of excitement for sure. And then just getting some preseason games as well, seeing him in different positions. Uh, I want to transition a little bit to uh, your most recent article at Canucks Army. Brock Besser has become the Vancouver Canucks' most underrated player. And then in the first comment, he's not underrated. So Stefan, can you explain? <laughs> your premise behind this article uh, and what you mean when you're talking about Brock Besser being underrated. Well, I, I just want to say there are certain commenters for sure where if I had said he's like, he's overrated, but he's underrated. And like, you know, there's, there's that element for sure. Um, but uh, it's, it's a lot of like, you don't ever hear people say like he, he sucks. Right. Cause he's obviously a good player. Yeah. Um, but there's some weird kind of narratives where like, uh, sometimes I think the Vancouver market is guilty of like sticking to narratives and like not recognizing that players like grow and change. And like when Besser first came into the league, he was definitely put in a position to be a, a one dimensional kind of player. Um, but people talk about him like he's still like just a straight up like goal scoring dude. Um, and he's, his game has evolved way beyond that. Um, to the point like he's, he's a legit NHL superstar. Like he's sniffing around point per game status. He's, uh, He's definitely going to crack 30 goals this year. He's going to like approach 40. Um, he's uh, that that chart came out from Jay Fresh um, that that said out of forwards he won the 15th or he had the 15th highest percentage of uh, puck battle wins. Mm-hmm. Like the the dude's a, a fairly complete player, and it uh, it seems like he often gets discredited because um, you know he came in and impressed so much, and then Pedersen impressed even more, and then he was impressed even more, and it's hard to compete with those two but he's uh he's he's definitely uh an elite player i think and the interesting thing that you know maybe it's something to do with like that reputation around the league like you touched on it there it's definitely hurt you know it's not a bad thing for the team but i think just personally for brock besser's reputation around the league to have Pedersen come in to have hughes come in like i've seen a lot of olympic rosters right now kind of predictions for the u.s team that are having jt miller on there instead of brock besser uh do you agree with that? Or do you think that Brock Besser is a guy that, you know, should definitely be on that USA team? Uh, I think both should be. Um, I think the only reason you take Miller over Besser is because of like the center mm-hmm. versatility. Cause they're a little thin down the middle. If, uh, if Jack Eichel's all, you know, whatever is going on with him right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, I think both should absolutely be on there. Like, uh, I, I don't see how you don't take Besser. Like people have guys like, uh, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like you have, uh, names like, uh, Goudreau and Kachuk, um, not to just exclusively take shots at, uh, the Calgary Flames here, but like, um, I see Besser as, 
maybe their second best right wing. Yeah, I mean, especially as like a goal scoring guy to be on your power play, like there's not a lot of better American power play scorers that you can have aside from Brock Besser. So to see that he wasn't there on that list, and then, you know, you can bring up JT Miller's power play as well because, you know, we've seen it last year when Pedersen was out, him on the right side. Miller looked pretty good in that spot with this one-timer as well. So I, I was, you know, kind of shocked a little bit to see that Brock Besser was off of some people's list. I, I expect him to be there. It sounds like you do as well. Uh, I want to get to our poll question as well here. Uh, my poll question or our poll question, I put it out. Quaz doesn't do a lot of work around here, uh, but I put it out that I wonder how many games Thatcher Demko is going to play this year. Uh, the options are between 50 and 55, 55 Mm -hmm. and 60 or 60 plus or the third, the fourth option as per usual on the show. I'm angry. Uh, so where do you kind of sit, uh, for how many games you're going to see Thatcher Demko in this year? Ooh, I'm not angry. So scratch that one right (laughs) off the list. Um, I think 50 to 55 sounds, no, maybe that's too many. I don't know. Um, Halak's definitely had some health issues in the past. Um, so I could see him not being healthy for the whole year. I think if he is healthy, you're going to want to get him in at least like uh, 25 games or so. Um, but I'd love to see more of DiPietro too. So like if there is an injury to Halak, I hope it's not just like Demko riding through. Right. Um, I'd say 50 to 55 sounds good. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, final question from us, man. Is uh, this this year in Abbotsford, which player are you most excited to be watching? In Abbotsford this year? Um, hmm. That is a good question. I am going to say Jet Wu. Nice. Care I to think, expand? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I really like the whole like profile of Jet Wu like, since he was drafted. like He just kind of reads as one of those players that got the right package to succeed. Um, and then he kind of like went off the map for a little bit. Um, but then he had a really pretty good um, rookie season with the Comets last year. Like, honestly, uh, as far as I know, is basically as far as Faber has told me because he's the, the resident expert. So uh, um, he, he looks like a lot more promising right now than he did in the last uh, couple of WHL seasons. And he's at the organizational position of most need. So, uh I mean, if he succeeds, the whole you know franchise benefit. Most definitely, yeah. I think the physicality in a rookie season from a twenty-year-old, like that, that's going to be his game if he gets there. It's not going to be flashy passes. It's going to be the guy playing with the guy who makes the flashy passes. So, I think the best part was getting that four or five game stretch where he's playing with Jack Rathbone and just seeing that he mm-hmm. like fits so well with that type of player. I think that was the exciting thing, you know, to think down the road maybe it's Rathbone and you know. Jet Wu playing on a third pairing in the NHL. I mean, that's kind of the hope. That's that's the landing spot that we'd like to get to. So uh, final final one for me here, and I guess this will be the final one for the podcast. Any interest in unionizing Canucks Army with me here? Um, Yeah, you know, honestly, I thought when that get-together was proposed that that was like uh, <laughs> maybe like a secret like uh, way to do that. Um, and then, you know, when it all, you know, got canceled last minute, I was like, oh, man ownership must have heard yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah so uh and i know that like obviously big awkward question is um do we let quads in the union and uh i think it's probably best we uh discuss that privately oh absolutely i'll get the cards out to absolutely. everyone uh we'll send those around i know you can handle up north 
uh, you can handle in the the interior area. Uh, yeah, Bill, who's there. living in the Yukon now. That's fine. Yeah, we'll we'll whatever we got to do. We can get those cards out. We can get the cards signed, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see in court quads. Uh, <laughs> but no, excited. Uh, thanks for coming on, Spot. It's been uh, I think maybe second or no, this will be your third time on the show. I believe I think we've had you on for a couple of Canucks Army ones as well, right? Uh, yeah, this is, uh, my second with you favor and, uh, my first, or sorry, this is my third with you. And yeah. this is my first with quad. So, I mean, for a while there, I was, I was wondering if it was like, you know, a tense thing with me and quad, but, uh, <laughs> glad to hear it's exactly the opposite. <laughs> it is literally the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, uh, setting the table for Rick Dollywall. Uh, so go enjoy a crown and Coke. You know, maybe try Crown and Ginger one of these times here, just just Pretty for solid. me, just for me. But uh, appreciate you coming on the show. And, uh, no and yeah, worries. We'll chat uh, soon. It's going to be a fun season uh, for Canucks Army with uh, yourself, Quads, and and me, kind of running the show over there and pumping out articles like crazy. It's going to be a fun year, man. Heck yeah! All right, tell Rick I said hi. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, Stefan. He has no idea who I am. All right, <laughs> <laughs> folks. Summer might be over, but the time to drink squish is never over. This drink is taking its way into the fall, into the winter, and this is the perfect beverage for everyone. It's not one of those zero-calorie drinks that has no flavor and just tastes like tonic water. These ones have some flavor, folks. Squish Beverage, you can find it all over BC liquor stores, but I'm telling you, you got to do a little bit of digging. You got to go to some private liquor stores. If you find it, tweet at us about it because other listeners want to know where they can find the Squish Lemonade. Comes in a variety of flavors. My favorite... Squish Lemonade Passion Fruit or Squish Lemonade Pineapple. Kind of lean towards pineapple most of the time. So go out and find Squish at your local BC liquor stores or do some of that digging and find the Squish Lemonades at private liquor stores across British Columbia. All right, folks, you know what time it is. We are here to talk about our favorite beer sponsor, Parallel 49 Beer. One of the go-tos quads. You can find this one at most restaurants, too. A lot of restaurants. I've yes. seen it around. The Trash Panda. Simple, one of the longest standing beers from Parallel 49. Highly recommend going out to try it. Not just the beers, though, but the patio quads. The patio at 1950 Triumph Street. Tell the folks about some food and the the sweet little drinks on the side that I know you like. So the Muddler's Pink Lemonade is my go-to. But man, the food there. Cheeseburgers, chicken burger. The spicy chicken burger was fantastic. Sub the pickles, right? Get the pickles instead of uh, jalapenos. Poutine, I had fantastic they got some green onion in there and it's nice and melted the worst thing about a bad like what makes a poutine bad is when the cheese is not melted this one it's melted and it's very very good so go down check that out the poutine the burger the spicy chicken sandwich what was that last thing we got the, we got some wings the as wings, well. wings the korean barbecue but wings. they're also putting a roof over there they're working on it for the fall so it's not oh. just going to be the patio we got rained out the other day trying we to did. go to parallel 49 but they're putting a roof over it uh the beers are always fresh so many different beers on tap there so go out and try some parallel 49 beer you can get it at every liquor store you can find and also get on the 1950 triumph street to check out the street kitchen all right guys happy to welcome back to the show this time from donnie and dolly First time uh, he's coming on the show ever since launching the new show. Rick Dollywall. Rick, how are you doing today? Boy, am I loving you uh, just carving Taylor and do, uh, you know what, for uh, wearing jeans to Ryan Henderson's wedding. Some of these photos you're posting are just gold. They're I, gold. I got a picture. I got a text from Donnie the other day, and I was like, oh, I'm in trouble here. You know, he's going <laughs> to oh, be pissed you're... off about it. Uh, and we both agreed, you know, deep down, we're all just dumb people in the end, and we love stupid things. So we're, we're all appreciating the, uh, the Taylor jeans here. And on that note, Rick, 
I get a I get a text from my my boss here sitting right beside me, David Quadrelli at Canucks Army. He says jeans on Friday for prospects camp. What do you think about that, Rick? Can we wear that? Is jeans okay at prospects camp? Yeah, jeans are fine, but you can wear a sport jacket yeah. or a sport uh, coat. I uh, when I was on the beat of the Canucks and the Lions back in the mid nineteen nineties, I had a boss. Uh, Gary Rabel that made us uh, all dress up, especially the Canucks games. And he always he was he was adamant about you got to you know look good at a Canucks game. I mean I mean when it was the Lions practices and I had to go out to Surrey, you know if it's a hot day you can wear you know shorts or whatever. But I I I, I just grew up uh, and and Gary was one of my mentors and he he just said that especially uh, Canucks games uh, he was very adamant that you uh, you look good uh, feel good uh, go to a Canucks game. Uh, but the one last night you had with Donnie and Klamovich, uh, Pod Colson and Hoglander was super, super. It was so nice. That's the one I sent it to him, and he was at his uh, kids' hockey game last night. And I sent it to him, and he just gave me an LOL back. But uh, uh, keep that up. Keep that up. Do not let him forget he wore jeans to a wedding. <laughs> Absolutely. And you guys had an absolute field day on your first day back with that. I mean, it was hell of a show. Quads and I were watching that one together live uh, on your guys' first show back. Hey, Rick, what's it been like? Like, you know, we haven't talked to you since you launched the show. How much more fun are you having doing this with Donnie? Well, it, 10.40 went down. I still, uh, especially after seeing BMAC at the wedding, I, you know, we talked a lot about that night. There was a lot of 10.40 guys there. It was kind of like our first reunion since 10.40 went down. It, it still uh, bothers me that 10.40 went down. And it was such a good sounding station. And it had so much talent that I, I, I've been in radio 32 years. And I can say uh, to you, Chris, easily that uh, 10.40, uh, just in the last few months, the last year, two, three, that was the most talented uh, radio station I've ever worked at. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. still, it's, it's still tough. It still stings. It still hurts. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, radio was a huge part of my life. And then this, you know, opportunity comes to check TV and I'm kind of like going, okay, well, whoa, you know, I've never done TV before. I'm not, you know, the, I'm not the greatest looking guy in the world. I got a face for radio. Taylor's, uh, he's been doing TV all his life. He's a pro, he's a legend. He's, you know, he just walked into it. And, but when a guy like him is sitting next to you, it eases you. It, it, it brings me down and it, it just tells me, you know what, watch him. And he, he, he's the bus driver. He, he's so good at what he does. And, it, and I'll take it, and I'm going to bring up the jeans all day long. But I remember after the jeans incident, he was getting ripped on Twitter. And I said to him, I said, hey, you're getting carved on Twitter. And he's like, don't worry about it. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm sure sitting beside him helps you with some uh, pronouncing uh, on air. Has that helped at all sitting next well, to Don? People think that all sports uh, radio is just about sports. It's about entertainment. You have yeah. to entertain. And that's where Don... Like, uh, you know, he, he just excels at that part of it as well. Yes, he's great at the sports and he's great at the numbers and he's got great hockey opinions. He's got all that. But he's just an entertainer. And, and it's, it's you have to entertain because if you don't entertain and here's what's killing radio, TV and newspapers today, there's too many other places for eyeballs and ears to go to. I mean, you know, Twitter and, and you know this, uh, Chris, Twitter is a. I, I think in the last 30 years, and especially since since I've been in it, I think one of the greatest inventions has been Twitter. It, it's just the way it moves information, photos, video, all that stuff. It, nothing does it like that. Now, listen, and you know this, 
Uh, Twitter's also there's days when you want to hide in, in in a cave because you know there's people that get get into your DMs and and cause you know trouble that way. And there's but I would say that 98% of my uh, 98%, uh, uh, Chris, I don't know if you agree, but most of the people on Twitter are just Canuck fans. They just want to see the team do uh, good. And, and that's, you know, most of it is Twitter is good. There are good days, but there are, there are days when Twitter is very tough as well. But I, I, I just think that uh, it's so far so good with uh, Donnie and myself. We're hoping and, uh, you know, it's going to be our first full season with the Canucks. It's, it's, uh, so far it's been good, and hopefully it keeps going. Now, Rick, today was a bad day on Twitter. You were fired up when we called you. So oh. we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna give you free reign here. What, what was on your mind today when you called us? Oh no, no, no! I was just, uh, you know what? I, uh, I just think this Pedersen and Hughes, uh, you know, these contracts. I know there was some. I, I got a lot of people adding me. You know, someone, a couple of guys reporting that Canucks are close uh, to signing Pedersen and Hughes. That, that, that's by the way, as of right now. 10, you know, close to 5 p.m., that's not accurate. It, it's The Canucks were not close uh, to signing Pedersen and Hughes last week. That is not accurate. As of right now, uh, I, every bit of information I have, everyone I have talked to today, they are not close. This is a um, – so I, I, I the only um, – the real advice I have for Canuck fans on Twitter, if you're looking for Pedersen Hughes – uh, you know, information that is accurate. You know, there's the Vancouver media does a good job of reporting accurate news. You have absolute studs in Friedman, Drager, Cervelli, LeBron, and, you know, Chris Johnson, all these guys, you know, don't, uh, you know, if they, if Drager or Friedman or Cervelli or LeBron say it's close, it's close. And I'll leave it at that. But you know what? I, I just, it, it, the information out there today, uh, and, you know, a whole bunch of numbers thrown around and that they're close. I, I, I can tell both of you guys. It, as of right now, uh, the, there is no need for a press conference. Uh, this is These are two difficult contracts. These are two franchise players looking at huge raises. These things take time. You know, Besser got done in camp. Horvat got done in late September. Uh, the Canucks don't have a ton of cap space, and these two are both looking at massive raises. And sometimes these things take time, uh, but I, I do know both sides are, you know, trying hard to get this done. It's not the greatest situation training camp. Uh, guys is around the corner. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think Travis Green's going to be doing cartwheels if it's, you know, two best players are not a camp. Uh, he's finally got the best roster he's ever had in Vancouver. And he wants, you know, everybody on the same page from the get-go. Uh, they did a great job in Abbotsford. Uh, you know, they just did a super job of uh, getting uh, Travis a lot of good depth in Abbotsford. Abbotsford's going to be a good team. You Both of you guys know that. So there's a lot of positives. There was a lot of positives over the summer. Uh, but I do think the next pressure point is going to be absolutely training camp. I'll tell you guys a story. I won't give you the names. But I was talking to an agent, not of Patterson and Hughes, but it was another agent who had a high-profile player and was in the same position as Patterson and Hughes. And it was the day before training camp. He wasn't signed, and he just called the agent and said, look, hey, guys, he just said to his agent, look, I, I, I don't want to miss camp. Get the deal done. So they got the deal done real quick. So a lot, a lot of things at play. The Canucks clearly would love to have these two franchise players locked up. I think both players are willing to commit to – uh, Vancouver long term. I clearly the Canucks can't do both the long term deals. It's that's quite obvious. You do one, uh, maybe one on a short term deal, 
But uh, things can change with one phone call. And that's the one thing about negotiations. We can report for 16 days, uh, no progress, no progress, no progress. And then, boom, one phone call changes everything. So I think Canuck fans uh, are, are hoping this deal gets done quick. I think uh, a, a lot of people are, including all parties involved. But as of today, I, I, I cannot report their close. And, Rick, what, what we've been talking about a lot is like, hey, listen, the agent has a job to do. The player has a job to do. Canucks management has a job to do. They just all need to do that job together. It's not really worried us because it's literally their job to make this happen, get Pedersen and Hughes on the ice playing for the Vancouver Canucks. But now that we're getting up to this point, is there a date for you where you are worried that they aren't going to be there at training camp? Like, is it, you know, the night before, yeah. is is that like the big thing? Or are you kind of just saying like, you know, this deal needs to be done kind of by Tuesday, Wednesday going into training camp here? Like, is, is next well, week or like, everybody, we're looking at it? That's a good question. Everybody I talk to just says it's training camp. That's the day. And, and the day before, like I told you what that agent said about that high profile player, when the right. player said, you know what, just get it done. I don't want to miss camp. And, you know, and somebody said to me, which was an interesting note today, uh, Patterson and Hughes are also uh, could be two players that are Olympic bound that could end up playing in the Olympics. And, you know, so uh, these are guys that probably want to, you know, from the get go, be there with their teammates in a perfect world. Look at a lot of Canucks are in town skating in a perfect world. If these two were signed, say, three or four months ago, they'd be in town skating today anyway. But look, I, I think the pressure point is the day before training camp. That's what I've been told by a lot of people. We do have time before that gets done. And you just hope that it, it, they're difficult deals. I mean, these two are incredible players, first of all. Second of all, they've got a tremendous amount of points in their entry-level deal. And, and guess guess who gets paid in the NHL? Guys who get get points, points per game, is one of the biggest barometers agents use when they go out and get contracts for their clients. And points per game for both Hughes and for Patterson are very, very good for young players. They're obviously franchise uh, players, both of them. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, with uh, Hughes, obviously Heisken and Makar are the comparables. With uh, with Patterson, you hear a lot of, uh, you know, Mitch Marner, you know, Brady Kachuk, uh, you know, Carol Al Kaprasov out in Minnesota. You, you hear a lot, you know, everyone thought Svechnikov may have been one. So I think both sides have, uh, comparables. They may not be uh, the same ones, but they both have a pretty good idea. But the Canucks, with the Canucks, this is simple. This is how much cap room we have. Like yeah. I know somebody said to me the other day, why not sign these two first and then sign everybody else later? Yeah. And, you know, and that would have, but I will say to you this, don't forget when Garland, uh, and, and when they acquired Garland and they acquired, uh, 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 Dickinson, they both required contracts. So you had to do them. And so bottom line, uh, is that, uh, you know, here we are, uh, 10 days away to training camp, uh, franchise players not done, but I believe, uh, there's no animosity that I've heard of. And I think both sides just want to get it done. It's just taking time. It's going to take time. These are two very, very hard deals to do. Hey, you followed it so close, Rick. I mean, you're, you're talking to the agent. You're getting as much information as you think you can get here throughout the offseason leading up to this point. You you think it's going to get done before camp? Or you think we're going into camp with some worries here? For it's so hard. It, when I go back to Besser, and, and when I go back to Besser, I thought Besser would be done before camp. Mm. And I remember when, uh, you know, camp started, and, and, and I asked somebody, is he on his way? And he said, nope. 
Uh, but it did happen two, three days later. And these are, it, look, everything, this is the whole thing in this thing, it boils down to how much cap space the Canucks have left and how can you squeeze these two guys in. It's going to have to take incredible work by Jim and the agents, everybody involved here to find a way to get this done. What do the Canucks have? $15 million? And, and But don't forget, you also want a little extra, so you got extra to play with. How about if, how about if somebody, how about if, how about if somebody, one of these Abbotsford signings, how about if they make the team and they're coming out of camp and you got to have space for them? And there's just a, a whole lot of things at play here. And, and obviously, we know that Furlan's going to be put on LTIR. Uh, Michael Furlan, as he told Thomas Trance and I in the summer, he, he he's basically done. I think we all know he's probably played his last game yeah. in the NHL. But uh, all I can tell you guys is I, I, I have not heard of any animosity. I have not heard of any snickering. I think both sides want to get it done. But the whole thing boils down to here's what's left on the cap. And you got these two incredibly uh, talented players who are looking at massive races. You just got to find a way to crunch the numbers and get it done. And Rick, you and I, something that we disagreed with a little bit uh, over the past season, uh, especially during the KHL season, was Vasily Podkolzin. Uh, I, I want to yeah. get your thoughts on what you expect from him now coming into camp. Limited vision uh, that we've seen on him so far from just a couple skates here. But from everything you hear, from everyone you're talking to, where are you at with Podkolzin and the type of impact he makes now? Well, you've seen more video on him than anyone in Vancouver. I'm pretty confident of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say to you that, I, uh, I, look, he had his ups and downs. And, you know, the Russian people I talked to, first of all, I, I got to tell you this. This is a great kid. Uh, he told his agent, I, I want to sign with the Canucks. He told his agent, get me to Vancouver. It took him three months. They finally, you know, uh, I think there was uh, some interesting stuff that happened to get him to Vancouver. Um, and I think that uh, he's a great kid. Uh, everything I've heard about this kid is absolutely uh, good stuff. So character-wise, I think the Canucks made a great pick here. He, he had his struggles. He was dropped to a lower league in Russia. You know that, Chris. Yep. He was healthy scratch. You know that. You, there were games where he did, on the fourth line, he got one or two ships a period. You know that because you were monitoring those games every But I also believe that kids that go through that are high picks, that do it before they get to the NHL is great. Nobody gets anywhere in life without falling down. Adversity is one of the greatest teaching lessons in society. We've all been through our ups and downs. He went through his ups and downs. These kids that are great in minor hockey, they face no adversity. They get to junior, they light junior up, no adversity. Then they get to the NHL and, boy, hold it a second. I'm not getting five points a game. Hold it a second. I'm not in the power play. Hold it a second. I got a back check. And then adversity comes. But you know what? I, I just think the fact that he's had his ups and downs in Russia I think just is a really good thing. I like the fact that he had his adversity in Russia. I think it made him stronger. I think this is a good prospect. I don't get your hopes up high too much. Let him come in, earn his role. You got to earn your ice time anyways with Travis. We've seen him with young guys. You earn it. Uh, Hogmander is a great example. And and I think Hogmander, if there is one thing Colson can learn from Hogmander, is that yes, you can come from Europe and you can come over and succeed in your first year in the NHL. Hogmanner is a tremendous story, what he did last year. I think so many people are rooting for that kid, and he came in. There's another likable kid. And this Klamovich kid, uh, 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 Fabes, uh, he's another one. Can I call you Fabes? I don't know you well enough to call you Fabes. Oh, you're good with that. Uh, okay. Uh, Quantrill, I don't, I don't have a nickname for him yet. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I, I, and this uh, Klamovich kid, you know, after all the Canucks went through with Triampkin, 
And I know he didn't have a, uh, a good time in Vancouver in his first go around. But here's these two kids, uh, Klamovich and, and Pod Colson, and the Canucks get them over here. They get them signed. And they get Klamovich signed real quick. I thought that was great work by the Canucks. Yeah. And you know what? And, and so you avoid, you avoid the stuff. Uh, you know, that the issues you had with Triamkin. But at the end, Nikita Triamkin was dying to get to Vancouver. He really wanted to sign here. Um, he was looking for a two year deal at two million each. The Canucks were around one, four, one, five. They just couldn't come uh, to numbers, but he did want to come at the end. But I just think that, uh, I, I, I think that the, uh, I, I think Pod Colson's going to be fine. I think he's a kid who's hungry. His motor never stops. He, he, he's good in all three zones. I just, uh, I think he's going to be a good one. I really do. Rick, what are you expecting from Ali Olevi this year? Oh, boy. I, somebody just said to me today, you know what, if Rathbone beats him out for that spot, would you rather have him in Abbotsford playing 20 minutes a night, or do you want him floating around the press box in Vancouver, right? Mm-hmm. And as we found out with Jake Bertan, and here's the deal. You don't get 26 opportunities to make the NHL. You don't get 20 years. You don't get year after year after year after year. You just don't. And time ran out for Jake. And, that you know, he's going to go over to Russia and, and try to have a good year and come back to the NHL. But at the end of the day, the NHL is very unforgiving. And it doesn't matter if you're first round, fifth round, undrafted. Uh, you just don't get 500 uh, ch- chances at it. I think this is a year, if you can go into camp, if you can beat Rathbone out and, and legit beat him out and say, I'm here to stay, I'm in that third pair, good for him. And if you can't, I don't want him sitting in the press box. Uh, you know what, get him to Abbotsford, get him playing 20 minutes a night, and then when the injury said he can come back up. But uh, that kid sitting in, in the press box is not going to do him any good. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rick, with Abbotsford coming in, I mean, you've been around this market longer than Dave's been alive uh, I want to get your thoughts on what this means to, you know, the Fraser Valley and the city of Abbotsford. What does it mean to get the AHL team back here? Because listen, they've had junior hockey, they've had, you know, single or junior a hockey. They've had major junior hockey around that area, but this is an AHL team. This is as close as you can get to the NHL in North America as possible. What does that mean for the Fraser Valley and Abbotsford out there? Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm excited. I really am. I thought they should have been here two, three years ago when they were looking at it. They looked at a couple of places in the mid-Utah uh, and the other one outside of Phoenix. They looked at uh, seriously looked at those as well. But I love the fact that this is going to be in Abbotsford. And uh, the one thing, the only thing that I uh, would, would say to you, the only thing that's missing for me is I know like you, you want some top-end pro- uh, top prospects there, right, uh, Chris? You want some guys that were drafted in the first or second round. Hey, I'm going to go watch the, the Canucks first rounder at the, in the farm team. But in now saying that, that's not the case because uh, Patterson, Hughes, Besser, uh, and Demko, they got to the NHL so quickly. And so that takes away some of the glamour of having a guy down in the farm team. But saying that, I'm looking forward to seeing Gadjevich if he's in Abbotsford. I'm looking forward to seeing Will Lockwood, who I think is going to be a good bottom six NHL player in due time. The only thing I'm concerned about right now, and I don't know if you guys are as well, is Jet Wu and where he fits in. Uh, he's just, at the end of the day, Jet Wu is still a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, second round picks, when you have 32 NHL teams, you would like to have some of those hit. Now, the Canucks signed so many defensemen uh, for uh, uh, Abbotsford. I just hope they find him. Uh, some good ice time uh, in uh, in Abbotsford for Jet Wu. That, that kind of is the only concern I have because this is a big development year for him. I thought he did well in Utica last year. The people I talked to in Utica were really impressed. 
but you got Brad Hunt, Kyle Burroughs, Brady Keeper, Devontae Stevens for White Rock, who's a good kid, mm-hmm. a former Buffalo draft pick, Madison Bowie, who I'm not so sure he's going to be around, Ashton Sautner, Breezebois. Uh, you know what? They got a lot. And then you're going to have an extra two guys in Vancouver. So I, I just think Abbotsford is going to be a really good deep team. I think it's got the second highest payroll in the AHL after the Toronto Marlies. And I think that the fact that it's in Vancouver, I think, is really, really good for the Lower Mainland. But I also don't want you to stop, uh, you know, cheering for the Vancouver Giants, going to Giants games, Junior A games, Junior B games, uh, just because uh, Abbotsford's got an American Hockey League team. Uh, you know, you still uh, should go out and support the Giants, uh, the BC Hockey League, and Junior B as well. Absolutely. You're going to have Victor Parison as well coming out of Kamloops, play the Vancouver Giants. Got to get out to those games for sure. Rick, final question for me. Uh, finally got myself out to Whistler to play the golf course out there. Great track out there. Uh, incredible stuff. Uh, had a few drinks on the GM as well. They hooked it up there. Uh, I was curious, when's your last game you've played up at Whistler and how did it go for you? Oh, I got to go back a lot of years. Uh, Dave Dickinson, myself, Rick Ball, uh, were in a foursome. When 1040 started, we, uh, Paul Carson had a, uh, he did so much hard work, Paul, in that in the early years. He had a golf series, and we used to go to golf courses all over the Lower Mainland. Anyways, it was in Whistler. It was uh, Dave Dickinson, Rick Ball, myself. I can't remember who the fourth. I think it was a listener. Anyways, that was the last time. It was many years ago. Uh, I am going to get back there. I did. Uh, I did do Furry Creek uh, a few weeks ago. I, I do also. I, 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 we, were, we were supposed to go up. Donnie and I and Ryan and Ryan. I couldn't do it because of his wedding. But uh, we are definitely going to go up. Big Al does a great job there. It's just a wonderful course. And it's just, uh, I, I hope you had fun there. But I see a lot of people going there and posting pictures. It's so scenic. And it's just, it, it's been a while for me. We were supposed to go about three weeks ago. Uh, Taylor bailed at the last second. What a shock. And uh, <laughs> it didn't happen. But we, we're going to get there. Maybe we'll all we'll, maybe we'll all hop in the, the same car next year and go uh, all of us together. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be a rough day for the course, I'll tell you that. But uh, no, I, I was saying two birdies on the court. Some of the best golf I've ever shot because it was the first time playing like an actual nice course for myself. I always played all the oh. cheap ones. So we, you know, bucked up and, and it was something about the grass. I think I shot... 16 over, had a couple birdies on the day. Not bad. Not bad for myself. Birdies? I birdies. Do, if, if I get a bogey, I do cartwheels. With a, <laughs> uh, with a par, I, I, I just did Hazelmere with Andy Watt. You on, beat him uh, in a oh nail biter. I saw it. I saw, you, I saw you beat him there, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the idiot was posting everything on uh, <laughs> uh, what, what's it called? Instagram. Instagram. I, I don't do Instagram. Anyways, I had three pars there, and I had a birdie shot, and I, and I, 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 I screwed it up. Uh, but uh, we were at Hazelmere, Andrew and I, I think, on uh, Saturday and uh, had a good time there. We did holes number 17, pitch dark, 18 pitch dark. Couldn't yep, see the balls. Here. It was, oh, my goodness. It's, it's, you know what? The winter is coming, guys. The rains are coming. It's, uh, but also what is coming is Canucks hockey, and hopefully the Canucks can sign their two superstars here and get them back on the ice because I really believe uh, they made some really good moves in the offseason. Travis Green, when he looks at his roster, he's got to be very happy. This forward group is the deepest forward group they've had in a long time. Uh, their top nine, even their fourth line. Uh, it, you know what? I just uh, I, I like their uh, forward group. I like their goaltending. Uh, the big keys for me are going to be how the defense plays. Uh, can OEL get back to his all-star form? If he does, watch out. Um, but I think uh, there's a lot of... Uh, starting out this year and this is the month to have it is all the optimism and all the good feel stories are out there 
And now then it's going to be up to the team and Travis to, to get out there and start winning. Well, Rick, we'll let you go, but I need one final thing from you. Quads over here, yeah. he just started kind of getting into some of the liquor here. He's been going out and having a couple drinks. <laughs> and, you know, for the first time in his life, the kid's 21 years old. He's just starting to get after it. If you could give some advice to a young 21-year-old Ricky, what would you tell him? Because Quads is just starting out. He's trying the crown. He's mixing it with ginger ale. He's getting some Coke in there. He's mixing everything around. What would be some advice you'd give to a 21-year-old who's just going through advice uh, getting out there never- with the crown? Advice is never drink on an empty stomach. I what I if I know I'm going out and I'm going to tie one on, I'll go to I'll go to McDonald's, grab a couple Big Macs. Never yeah. drink on an empty stomach because you are just asking for massive, massive problems, massive. So Noted. that's the best I, I, advice I can give you. And don't mix and match too many things. Just stick with, you know, if you get like like I like to start now with red wine before I get into. Uh, the other stuff, but don't mix and match way too many things. Just keep mm. it simple and away you go. But man, oh man, beef up a couple of Big Macs before you get it going, <laughs> and you're going to be sitting nice. Absolutely, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, right on. Right. Man, Quadro, you weighed uh, 60 pounds soaking wet. So you better eat five by <laughs> Big Mac. You haven't seen me in a while, Rick. You gotta, you gotta see me now. I've put on well, some weights since you're, last you're, you're, you're like that Richie Cunningham on Happy Day, like a, a pencil. <laughs> He's like one of the kids on Hockey Day when they talk and interview the little kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick, appreciate it. We'll let you go and uh, and best of luck with the show, man. When you guys are just absolutely taking over and i love to see it on check tv representing my island folk where i grew up so it's good to see you guys and uh continue success with the show rick we all love it here yeah and check tv i gotta give them uh props and they've just been super since day one a bc company that's investing in local and and i think both of you guys know that uh, unfortunately our industry has taken uh, a lot of hits over the years and not only uh you know there's so many uh in newspapers tv and radio and and I grew up as the newspaper guy when it came at 3.30. It was absolutely must-grab the paper first to look at all the stats in the sports section. Uh, TV was all about Tony Parsons, 6 o'clock. And then radio was all about listening to Jim Robson. And, and right now, TV, radio, and newspapers all over the world. Uh, they've got uh, you know a lot of eyeballs and ears are going elsewhere, other places. And But we got to find a way to keep radio, TV, and newspapers alive. They're very important. Mainstream media is very important. It's what we all grew up with, and I don't want to lose those mediums. And and I just uh, just support your uh, newspapers, support your radio, and support your TVs. Absolutely. And Rick, I think I speak for a lot of us young guys coming up in this industry, what you guys are doing there at Donnie Dolly, just kicking in the door that's uh, opening up more doors for us down the road. So appreciate what you're doing. And uh, like I said, all the best. Thanks a lot for doing this, Rick. All right, guys. Take care. And a huge thank you to Rick Dollywall from Donnie and Dolly joining us there. I mean, Quads, he said it there. We saw some, you know, I guess people on Twitter thinking that they had the deal done and people are DMing me. People are DMing Rick. We heard him off air where he pissed off about people yeah. sending him DMs saying like, it's a deal done. This guy reported it. This guy's saying it's uh, it's close. It was done last week. All this crap on Twitter. He talked about the 98% of good people on Twitter. Heard a lot from the 2% today. It yeah. seemed like they were trying to break the deal uh, with sounds like no information. Rick says it's, you know, it's not close, but he said one phone call can make a change here. Yep, exactly. And <laughs> I just feel bad for Dolly because like he was way more fired up off air. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, we don't swear on our show, but he was swearing quite a bit. And I must <laughs> Before say. Before and after the recording. Exactly. Like as soon as the mics were off, he was he was right back to it. And it That's was so good. funny because. 
you know, I I was hoping he'd bring that same kind of energy. You know, I was I was hoping we get a fired up Dolly. Well, I thought we were going to be doing some editing there. <laughs> I thought so too, some, but yeah, you know, in. he's a pro. He he shut it down yeah. right away. He was just like, yeah, you know, I just don't think it's close. That's all he said. Yeah. Speaking of pros, let's talk about the pros at Feel the Fan and the poll question. Make sure to go out and check out Feel the Fan. Follow him on Twitter at Feel the Fan for autographed photos and other sports memorabilia. They sponsor the poll question. I wanted to, you know, give you a little goalie poll question, Quads. I know you love that. Poll question this week. You can find it at Canucks Convo on Twitter. How many game... Oh, I spelled... I wrote game. I didn't write games. Oh, jeez. How many game does Thatcher Demko play this season? That's the question. The options, 50 to 55. Second option is 55 to 60. Third option is 60 or more. And the fourth option, I'm angry. If he stays healthy, it's 60 or more. Like... Halak's good. Don't get me wrong. He's not Thatcher Demko good. Like, let's not forget, Yaro Halak was competing with Tuka Rask almost for that starters role the past two seasons in Boston. Like, Yaro Halak is no slouch. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get it twisted. He's no slouch. But again, you know, the Boston defense is a little bit better than what the Canucks are, you know, used to. I think they'll be better this year, the Canucks. But uh, I don't think... If Halak stays, if Halak stays healthy and Demko stays healthy, I don't think we're going to see over sixty games. I know you were saying, or sorry, I think we will see over sixty games. I know you were saying, I don't think Halak's going to stay healthy, and that's going to be why he reaches sixty. Yeah. I think Halak healthy, it's still you're going to see sixty. I think what we could, should compare it to is what we saw them deploy Braden Holpe like when he was actually a backup, right? Like remember, I told you when we when we had the show, um, and there was like a month or two left in the season. Like I told you, I'm like, I think Holpe only plays back-to-backs. And for the most part, he did. Like, it seemed like a yeah, bold stance. the last stance. of the season, they, they yeah, flopped a couple. exactly. Of, but you were, you were. I remember thinking that take was ridiculous. You said something like two games in the final six weeks Well, or they were still in a playoff spot, right? And oh. Well, no, not a playoff spot, but they were in the hunt. Yeah, they were in the hunt. They were in the hunt. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, that's what fueled that take. And in a season where they want to compete and they want to make the playoffs, right? It's clear. It's another season like 2019-20. Everybody's going to come to camp, and Travis's first thing he's going to tell everybody is that we're here to make the playoffs this year. Right. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, I listened to the Thatcher Demko interview with Engel. I listened, mm-hmm. I listened the whole, well, I didn't listen to the whole podcast. I skipped it. Yeah, I yeah. was about 30 seconds into that <laughs> podcast. I was about to drive the car off of a bridge. Okay. I, 30 seconds in, they're talking about all these things. And then even the first 10 minutes of that interview, I don't know what the heck Woodley's <laughs> even talking about half the time. But then they got into some decent stuff with Demko. Honestly, really, really enjoyed the interview. Like with Thatcher and hearing him, you know, open up with Woodley. That's a guy that he respects. You know, that's one person. Uh, but, you know, like it was good to hear those two kind of get into some of the things more about the team some of the things about Thatcher and like even like I love there's a question where Woodley's like do, like do you think about the Olympics do you and like he started kind of saying another question and like immediately Demko's like yes like yeah. yes like he cares about you know potentially being USA's goalie for the uh, upcoming Olympic here so I'm I'm gonna go in the camp of because I think back to Jacob Markstrom when Jacob Markstrom was like the for sure starter for those couple years where he was number one with a bullet he played 60 games I think in both those seasons for the Vancouver Canucks 60 games on the dot, if I'm correct here, actually, as well. Um, I think Demko's going to be in the 55 to, f- to 60 range. I think mm. he's going to be in that range where he doesn't cross the line to 60, but he he could get as far, like he could touch 60 on the dot like Markstrom did, because I think that Travis Green is going to have a similar thought process of starting his goaltenders with Thatcher Demko this season, like he had when Jacob Markstrom was by far the number one. 
Yeah, I think that's I, the way yeah. that he's going to look at it. I think those are the type of games that he's going to play. And yeah, if Demko stays healthy, the only thing that makes me think he gets over 60 is if Halak gets injured. Hmm. If Halak is injured and you have to call Mikey DiPietro to be the backup, Halak's going to get more games as the backup than DiPietro would under Travis yes. Green. Yes. Because Travis Green, yeah, he likes to play his young guys, but I don't think he's going to be confident. No, that doesn't Mikey extend DiPietro. to Mikey DiPietro. No. And I even wonder, like, I, I, th- I forget who I was talking about this with. Um, it might have been Lachlan uh, at uh, Lachlan Irvin from uh, Creasecast and Locked On. I guess he's busy with his podcast now. We might yes. be talking about this at BCIT, but like, would Spencer Martin, if you're going to play one or two games in, you know, six, like in six weeks, kind of like what you said at the end of the year with Demko, if Halak does go down, would it not make sense to have Martin come out? Because Martin is an AHL goaltender who a lot of people that I've talked to around the goaltending community and and I was even talking about this with another person from Goal Magazine, uh, Greg Ballack at Sportsnet. And he was saying, like, Martin would be fine to play one or two games in a month. Yeah. And if that happens, you're still getting DiPietro a ton of games in the AHL. That might be the route because the biggest thing that DiPietro needs right now is freaking games, man. After what he went through last year, the dude just need games. Like, unless it's going to be – unless you know Halak's going to be gone for, like, two months, I would I would almost lean towards – having Martin be the guy that gets called up, to be honest. Like, it's an option, I think, anyways, because you're still getting more games for DiPietro in the age. Yeah, Martin is the third-string goaltender that they needed last year, that they didn't yeah, get. Yeah, very true. And now they have it. So the good thing is, this doesn't really matter because whoever it is is 50 minutes away from the arena, right? Like, you can... Well, I think it's a little longer than that. Like, it's 50 minutes to, like... Well, it depends on the traffic. Quitlam or Burnaby. It depends like, how fast I've Spencer been telling Martin's people it's. It's 45 minutes from Vancouver to Abbotsford if you're doing it at 2 in the morning. Yeah, so okay. you're driving at 2 in the morning, you can get there in 45 minutes. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's like my main point is, yeah, it's Martin's probably the guy that comes up if you need like one or two spot games, but you also want to get a look at Mikey DiPietro facing NHL shots. That's and also true too. That's a good low-pressure low, low opportunity for DiPietro, much lower pressure than you know, coming up and having to play as the backup for two months. But that's the thing about Mikey DiPietro. If he was in the room, he'd be shooting me dirty looks right now because he wants to be in the NHL. Like, he's made that abundantly clear. And I I haven't seen him play in a while. So who am I to say he's not ready to play for two months as a regular NHL backup? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's going to take AHL games for us to see first off the bat anyways. But hey, Let's move on uh, from goaltenders there. It's enough chatter there. Shout out to Fuel the Fan. Check them out on Twitter at Fuel the Fan. Uh, sponsors of the poll question. Love working with them. Hey, just around the corner here, quads. Friday at 1.30, we'll be down at Rogers Arena for Canucks Prospects Camp. Not a uh, not a massive list. Um, I tweeted out the picture. I saw the Minnesota Wilds list in their invites to their camp. So the Canucks are doing one practice at 1.30. The Minnesota Wild are doing two games, three practices over five days with media every single day with players by request for one-on-ones. And we're just going to get Zoom calls one day after one skate where they only have three defensemen at camp, one goaltender, and just, I believe it's like six or seven forwards. I think they're going to have a Saturday session too. My understanding is that Mm. there's going to be subsequent days. Well, I hope that there's a Saturday because like this... You know, like just seeing the list was not a great like there's players that I'm really excited for, for sure. But just seeing the list, man, it, it's yeah, eight forwards, three defensemen and Archer Silos. Hell yeah. How many drills can you like the only thing I was thinking was like we're going to be there for, you know, if the, if the skates an hour and a half, say maybe with like a little break, like a 45, a little break and another 45. What are they going to do? Two on ones the whole time is are they like that's all they can do. Woodley's going to be the other crease. 
Yeah, Woodley and the other crew. Well, was it like seriously? Seriously, like what are they like? They're going to do little battle drills. Those defensemen are going to be getting tired out. You can't do a drill really with two defensemen because otherwise you're just going to have the defensemen rotating. One guy's going to be doing every second drill. Like it's too bad that there's not. I'm not really happy that there's no guys that are being brought in from whether it be WHL teams or anyone just to help with the practice. And maybe there is when yeah, we show up the practice is, yeah. and we'll see. But to me, if you're literally throwing. 11 players and a goaltender out for a practice. I, I don't know. Well, like there's going to be more. There's going to be, I something. sure hope there is. Do you remember the prospect summer showcase? Yeah. You remember that? So yeah. there was a lot of like guys that they just invited to come help out and like fill out the rosters. Um, not sure if those guys would be included on that, but I think we're going to see some more people. On I the sure ice. hope so. There's going to be more than 12 people. on. Let's the get ice. to the names. Anyways, the names that we're excited to see. Archer Silos. Um, you're obviously Archer Silos and get to see what he looks like. Coming in at 6'4", 203, nothing surprising you there. Big body kid for already no. what we've seen yeah. in the past. Um, Daniil Klimovic is like, like listen, Pod Colson's on this list. And yes, I'm excited to see Pod Colson. I'm I'm ex- really excited to like, but he's going to stand out like a sore thumb at this training camp. Like he is going to look so good compared to these guys at this little prospects camp that Klimovic is the guy that most of my... My videos when I'm in there are going to be taken of like I'm wanting to really see what Klimovich looks like, how he moves, how his shot looks. He's the guy that I'm following for most of this training camp. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to see Klimovich because I haven't seen much of him at all. And this this stuff about him coming in and making the team like, you know, we all thought that was very, very far fetched. But Mm -hmm. we're going to see just how far fetched it is, like how far away he is from being at that point. And we're going to get to see him before anybody else. Um, and I don't mean us before anybody else. I mean, like he's, he's going to be the first guy on the ice in, out of the guys who are at training camp. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, no, I, I'm really excited to see what these guys look like. And, and even like, I really hope there's some extra bodies that I'd like to see some actual drills that can, you know, give some ice, not just two on ones and battles in the corner. But the other big thing is going to going to be that we can speak to them, speak to some of yep. these guys for the first time. I've heard that uh, Vasily Podkolzin may be speaking with English with us. He may be coming with a translator. I'm going to guess Klimovich is going to have a translator. Uh, Victor Perison will be speaking English. Um, just kind of looking at the other names on here that might not be speaking English. It looks like everyone else should be. Uh, but I think Klimovich and Pod Colson might be using translators. I was told that Pod Colson may be speaking in English, hmm. depending on how comfortable he feels. I hope he does. It would be it would be nice to just kind of hear him, uh, f- you know, for, from his own words of how he wants to say and answer our questions. That's the biggest thing. Like who who out of here, aside from Archer Silos, are you most excited to get a question in on? Honestly, I want to see Lockhart. Like to get a question in. Obviously, it's Pod Colson. I'm excited to talk to him. But I'm excited to see Lockhart. Like that's somebody that you know, short king. I'd like to see what he can do. Coming in at five eight. Yeah. I'm see, if we were in the locker room, he'd be the only guy that I'm the same height as. Carol Plastic, five eight one fifty four. Wow. I, I I could make the NHL. Well, I guess he's not in the NHL. But you get what I mean. Like those are those are my dimensions right there. Closest to me would be Ethan Kepin and Ethan. Th- Man, I'm thinking like you'll see him on the prospects camp on Friday. Ethan Kevin is thick; like he looks like he's he's a big boy. I'm just picturing what the hell I would look like in like full full <laughs> hockey pads. Like you'll we'll see, and people will see the video of Kevin. I'm about a hundred pounds heavier than Kevin. <laughs> like imagine what he's skating around with, probably an inch taller as well. But uh, but man, yeah, maybe we got to get a picture of me in pads. 
Some goal. I don't know what kind of hockey pads yeah, I we'll need. Get, get Woodley to hook you up. Oh, I'm not going in goalie pads. <laughs> no way. I'm not embarrassing myself <laughs> like that. But yeah, excited for for rookie camp here on Friday. We'll be recording right after that. We could record from the rink if we really wanted to, but I don't think we're going to. I don't think. Well, no, because it's middle of the day. We can drive back yeah. here. We'll have yeah. the episode for everyone on Saturday. Uh, should be a fun one. No harm on uh, that Saturday because training camp's the week after, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but maybe quickly expand on it a little bit. But what we're going to try and do an episode every day at training camp uh, at the end of training camp each day. We're going to try and record there, make sure that we can get the episode out uh, basically that night. So we want to get you guys the, the content as quick as possible. I think we're going to be bringing the best content uh, that weekend. I, like, honestly, we've done it, I think, for the last two camps. I think that Canucks Army and this podcast here have done the best job of bringing Canucks content out. I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, I think uh, and so. I think we're going to continue. We're a little to, biased, but you know, I'm biased. Yeah, but I think that uh, I think that's what we've done the last couple of camps. I think that's yep. what we're going to continue to do at this training camp coming up. So excited for that! Hey, final thing, because I got I go on I check the Canucks combo uh, Apple Podcasts, and, and you know the most recent review is always the first thing that pops up, and this is what it says. It says more goalie content in all straight caps. And it says I was, I, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it here, but it's something like uh, I was thinking about reviewing this podcast. And then that episode came out with quads and Woodley and I had to give it five stars. <laughs> Can somebody please go over to Apple podcast right now and just leave another review. Please just do. If you haven't done it yet, please just go over there, you know, click the five stars and just write something because people have been reviewing it. I've been seeing reviews come in, but they don't leave anything. So nothing is bumping this message about more goalie content. So everyone else that goes to review it or clicks the podcast, they see it as well. And they're like, oh, they're probably getting more gold. Somebody go in there. Please give a review. Nothing about goalie content, please. Thanks for the review, mom. Yeah, exactly. Well, whatever it was. I was wondering who that Quadrelli was. But uh, aside from that, hey, Patreon, we're going to have some more Patreon fun stuff coming up this week as well as we approach training camp. Uh, Patreon.com slash Canuck Convo if you want to get in on all the action. Uh, because of our Patreon supporters, we've been able to do some fun stuff like upgrade the studio. Uh, you know, I got a bowl of mints right here. I got a bowl of jelly beans over there because of the Patreon. And also the big thing I guess we spent most of our Patreon money on uh, is Harmon, uh, bringing Harmon on, on the show. Uh, Patreon is supporting Harmon. So we appreciate everyone who is donating and continuing to support us through the Patreon. We're going to wrap things up there for my co-host, David Quadrelli, for our guest, Stefan Roger, Rick Dollywall, and I guess for you again, Quads, because I messed up the, the outro again. My name is Chris Faber, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation, delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 